Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we are recording an episode that I'm not sure when it will come out, but I'm very excited about it. We've been talking about this episode for a minute. Yeah, we have. Actually, I think over a year at least. Um, (laughs) But it was, I really got a catalyst when our friend of the show, listener Jamie, wrote in and suggested, quote, what about shipping and problematic ships like the non-con, forcing a sexual aspect into a friendship and shipping wars with related internet abuse? Which for some of you, I bet you're like, what does that mean? <laughs> We're going to talk about it. We're going to break it all down. Um, but yeah, this is this is a big conversation right now. And it's changed so much since I started it being fanish in the fan space. So there's a lot to go over and a lot of history. This might be a two-parter. I don't think it will be, but who knows? We'll see. We'll see. You always like. I feel like you and I both are like. It's not going to be that long, and then it ends up being the you know the full amount yeah. and then some. And especially for those who are like maybe. Well, but then again, we've also had those moments. Where it's like this is going to be really long, and then it ends up being not. Not. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's hard to say because I do have a lot of thoughts about this, and I'm actually going to put my thoughts at the end of of this episode slash episodes. Um, but I'm they'll, they'll be throughout, I'm sure. I just have a lot of uh, opinions. Also, very brief spoilers for Good Omen Season 2. Very vague. Uh, and at the end, and I'll give a heads up, but a uh, big part of the conversation right now, <laughs> shall I say. My TikTok is full of Michael and David, like, doing uh-huh. their little... Uh, parody shows it's the mm-hmm. entire thing and I guess because Good Omens 2 had come out there's more mm-hmm. like ads and I'm like why I don't even know them that well but they're really <laughs> funny 
<laughs> it also could be that you you sent me one. You, I did. You've... Well, because I had been getting them in my feed. I was like, why uh... am I getting so much of this content? <laughs> and then when I asked you, you were like, no, I haven't seen. Because they did the whole Zoom show uh, web series, I believe, with the director mm-hmm. from Good Omens. And I was like, have you not seen this? Well, you definitely have to because it's mm-hmm. right up your alley. And I've mm-hmm. never seen Good Omens either. Mm, I do love good omens. Oof. Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, well. Getting into so, that. So today we are talking about shipping, but I guess that we should start with a definition for people who might not know what is shipping. Yes, and I love that this is from Urban Dictionary because we do talk about a lot of like fanfic words from yes. Urban Dictionary, don't we? Mm-hmm. So it is from Urban Dictionary. The act of one wanting supporting two individuals involved in a romantic relationship, a verb used to describe the action of wishing for two people to enter a relationship, whether romantic or occasionally platonic, in books, movies, TV shows, or real life. Shipping can often happen involuntarily, and it is the majority of what happens on the website Tumblr. Really? Tumblr. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, There are some very popular ships, some unpopular, as well as often lots of controversy between ships from the same fandom. I would also say that it can include two or more individuals. This says two people. Uh, It can be. It can be more. It can be a polycule. Um. But yeah, that's that's pretty. That's pretty good. Uh. But that's where the name comes from. Relationshiping. Shipping. Yeah. And you know what? With people who are not a part of the fanfic world, because I've noticed this as I'm on like a lot of the K-pop yep. TikToks, yep. that when they do the shipping, I get very confused thinking it's real because they do this like montage. Yes. And I'm like, wait, are they? Is this, yes. is this true? I'm very confused. <laughs> and I think take it as a reality because when they do that with real people, yeah. I'm, very, I'm very confused about what just happened, essentially. Oh. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because I, I'm not even going to talk about it in here. But that is something people do. Like, we'll make videos. We'll make this content that you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and then they'll do, like, rumored things on there that I'm like, what? Did that mm-hmm. happen? Did that mm-hmm. really happen? Where they're like, and I, okay, the main, of course, the ones that I've seen the most of has been, like, Stray Kids and, of course, BTS. But the BTS one has kind of wavered down, and mm-hmm. the Stray Kids have a lot more content because of it. Like, they're very affectionate kids with each other. Like, I, I'm not sure if they, are, if they are together, wonderful. But I'm like, y'all are confusing me as a person who has no idea what's <laughs> happening in this yeah. shipping fanfic world. And then you put two real people Mm-hmm. And then put this like glossy yeah, <laughs> montage yeah. of them that I'm like, did that really happen? Is that a mm-hmm. thing? Oh yes, it's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole world. Samantha. So confused, <laughs> I, and I and I'd assume that because they are idols of swords, that the people, the fans, would not want them to be together since they're in love with them. I thought, or like they had a mm. you know a, like, but apparently it really is a thing, a big thing. That they want them to be together. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about this, actually. Um, oh. Because I think, and I, it's understandable, uh, people get weirded out when people ship real people. And trust me, as we've discussed several times on the show, there are problems with that, especially when you start hating on a real-life person. Right. But I also think that a lot of times when people ship real-life people or when they write fanfic about real-life people, that's 
it's not a it's not someone you know it's not somebody yeah. you've ever met so it is almost like a fictional character in that way mm-hmm. and usually one person and we actually are going to talk about this but there's like a stand-in for the person you think you're like and stand-in for the person you want to be with right i feel like you've you've mentioned that before in our fanfic uh episodes but like I, I found that interesting because it actually has re- like damaged some people's reputations because in things like South Korea, Asian countries, which is very like homophobic countries, mm. when they did that, there would be rumors swirling about and then like papers that would be coming out be like, no, that's not true. And having to like separate people. So even if they're really good friends, they can't be around each other because of these like made up stories about real people. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's sad. But. That's an odd, it's such an odd phenomenon when you see fanfic like that go like overlapping real life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is interesting. I, I know I've said it before, but I've, I've read some fanfiction about myself and I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> That's, That's cooler amazing. than me. <laughs> That's cooler than you. Wait, do you have a ship? Is there a ship for you and Lauren, Lauren there's a, or something? There was, there's been a ship between me and Lauren. There's been a ship between me and Bridget. I haven't checked since you came on. I don't know. Uh, but Oh. Oh. I didn't even think. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> I guess it makes, it makes sense, especially if it's about you. And I'm like, huh. huh. <laughs> you set yourself so up. So am you I, the, am I would one. I be in that one? Would I be the, like, the unapproachable one? Because isn't that how it goes? The hard, there's one that gets hard, that's hard, that has to soften up for one person. Uh, kind of. Um, and I swear, we actually are going to talk about this. And I didn't know about <laughs> this, but I was like, oh, my God. There's usually, I'm usually like the shy, embarrassed. Nine one. Yes. And then everyone else that I've been shipped with is like, come to this bar with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, yeah. so, that, which would be hilarious and very fictional because I'm the one who's like, I'm not going to a bar. You it, can it, come no, over exactly. to my house <laughs> and hang out. But that's kind of my point is that there's like this understanding of that's funny. This flat, these flashes we get of people online or how, how we understand them to be. So it does feel kind of fictional. Like when I read something like that, I'm like, oh. No, it's not. It was obviously not me, but but it's thanks. cute. Like I did, I was like, oh, <laughs> go to that bar, Annie. <laughs> you go to hand. that bar. Touch her fingers lightly as you brush each yes. other's drinks and or then something. Blush furiously. Oh my gosh. And turn oh. around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this will be a two-parter. We haven't even gotten oh, the second definition. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's, no. Too, it's too good to get into before we start. So let's yes. jump into the second part of the definition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So this is from FanLore Wiki. Uh, shipping in fandom is the act of supporting or wishing for a particular romantic relationship. That is a het, different sex, slash, male, slash, male, uh, femme, slash, female, female, or poly, three or more characters, ship. By discussing it, writing meta about it, or creating other types of fan works exploring it. Fans who have and promote favorite ships are called shippers. They might assert that the relationship does exist or will exist in canon, that they would like it to exist, or simply that they enjoy imagining it. Shippers who support multiple ships within a single canon are often referred to as multi-shippers, especially if they support those ships equally. The relationships that fans promote or wish for are not all happy, fluffy bunny ones. Fans also enjoy enemy slash and wrong shipping. 
We're going to talk about that more later, but yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so old that wrong shipping. I was like, like as in you send it to the wrong address. <laughs> I'm so I've old. seen reactions like that, so I, I don't think you're alone. <laughs> it has gotten a lot more mainstream, though. We're going to talk about that, too. Some shippers support relationships that are portrayed or acknowledged as established in canon. Some shippers like relationships that exist only as subtext whether intentional or accidental, itself a topic of debate, and some prefer relationships where the characters have no subtext discernible to non-shippers. Some fans ship characters who never even appear in canon together. Me Later, I'll talk about that. Um, it is important to note that some percentage of fans actively do not want their ship to become canon, especially wrong shippers and fans who don't trust the shows and writers to do it right. Uh, shippers have been known to regret it when their wish came true. There's a very famous example of that that we'll talk about. And yes, okay, so I, I didn't know about this, but when I read it, I was like, oh, obviously. There's also anti-shippers are no romos, <laughs> no romance. <laughs> Why does that sound like an insult it or a slur? To, I don't like it. that. Yes, it's <laughs> close to like one. Um, who actively don't want romance between characters. Um, they can be just as passionate as shippers in their fight against a ship. And some of the earliest online Noromos uh, feel that they lost uh, when Mulder and Scully's relationship became canon. Because uh, hmm. if you haven't seen the X-Files, uh, that's actually where shipping the term first showed up. They did, Mulder and Scully did eventually get together. And so... Was that always the plan, though? Oh, I don't think so. Mm. Mm. But yeah, they, they often say that they want to believe that relationships can be platonic. <laughs> going to break that down later, too. There's a lot to break down in this. I think this is going to be a two-parter, right? I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. This is fun. We'll all find out together. Um, it is something fandoms love to fight over. Um, and sometimes in a healthy way and sometimes in a very, very, very unhealthy way. Uh, but it is often something people bond over, too. Uh, the ship typically has a name, uh, and sometimes one of the first questions fans will ask each other. Uh, when that Dido song came out, I will go down with this ship. That became a very popular meme, especially because David Boreanaz was in that music video. And Angel, Buffy, right. Spike, Shipping Wars. Which has a, haul, a lot of shipping, I'm sure. Because also, oh. Willow has her own little... Mm-hmm. Shipping yes, she lot, does. Yeah. Yes, she does. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is big in this conversation, so <laughs> you can look forward to that, too. It's Supernatural, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> that's oh, the first, yes. like, I think that's the first notification of me knowing about shipping was, mm. of course, Destiel. But I was like, what is yep. happening? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I feel like oh, that's gosh. my theme phrase. What? What is happening? <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. 
with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Uh, as uh, Dragon Con approaches, I think this will come out after Dragon Con, but uh, one of the first questions I would get sometimes from people when I was dressed as uh, the Winter Soldier would be, are you Stucky or are you whatever the name is for the Black Widow and Bucky ship, which I can't remember. And There's I a was Black like, Widow Bucky ship? Yes. Oh, really? Oh, yes. I would have thought more Falcon and Bucky. Well, I think after the show came out, because I remember watching that and being like, you guys are really leaning into this um, <laughs> sexual tension here. And a lot of people texted me and were like, is this what you're talking about with fan fiction? I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, but I hadn't, at that point, I wasn't dressing as the Winter Soldier anymore so much. But yeah. it, it's just funny to me that people come up and that was what they wanted to know was who do you ship. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And, okay, apparently the ship name for Katniss and PETA from The Hunger Games is Penis. <laughs> Why they gotta do it like that? That's so I rude. That's so <laughs> That's so why. That was made up by people who did not want PETA and Katniss to get together. They wanted, uh, what's his name? Well, I tried the to like, kid. Gail, I'm so good at not knowing any of these like, characters. It. I love that I sound like so old and outdated because I can't remember a damn character. Well, the funny thing is, you're so much better than me at actors' names. Yeah, but, but I can't I'm so much it. better at character names. I can't remember the character. I know the actor. Well, see that, dude. <laughs> we we are fitting together though. This is this is why we are the okay. This is the ship that I just yeah. finished your sentences the entire time, <laughs> <laughs> or that you finished mine. <laughs> That's it. Kind of. I translate for you. You translate for me. It's beautiful. Um, I don't know if they pronounce it penis, but it's pronounced Peta and Katniss, so I feel like it's penis. It's but penis. Somebody let me in. Right in and let me know. So the the Gelness is the one that made this. Yeah. Ship name, I think. Okay. Penis. <laughs> I hope that's true. That is very funny. Um, <laughs> Steve Rogers and Tony Stark is stony. I found this whole like... Huh. chart of the names and it, I was laughing so hard it was great that's pretty good stony I mean come on uh <laughs> it's cute people do get really excited about the smallest things when they ship something or uh, ship someone and 
it'll be like, oh, did you see that look? You've seen me do this. Um, yes. Oh, they're in love, your honor. Oh, people will write essays supporting <laughs> their theory. They write fan fiction. They make fan uh. art. They'll make predictions. They get invested. There are websites de- dedicated to ships. There are websites dedicated to like anti-ships, people you don't want to get together. There are Tumblr communities. There are discords. That's one of my favorite tags in fan fiction was whatever ship discord made me do it. Um, so yeah, people are into it. Uh, and also, yes, the sex and subtext is a big joke, which they hit, they had on Supernatural. Um, they did. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, but that's basically implying like you're kind of reading into these, the meta of the whole thing. In my experience, in the fictional shipping world, not celebrities, um, people largely ship two men. They're often two white men. And often interviews the celebrities who play these characters. Those interviews are used for evidence, too. Um, and they are often asked who they ship. Uh. <laughs> oh, I did find it interesting that when it's just shipping, it means two men automatically instead of just two people. And instead mm. of and then having to be like fem ship. And I was like, oh, wait, they had to add that? Well, that's interesting. Well, actually, okay, so... Oh, I just got well, actually. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you did. No, no, you're right. You're right. Um, But I didn't realize this. Once you account for non-fanfic-specific fan spaces, there are a lot more hetero ships. Um, So Slash is a very fanfiction name. Slash, not ship, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Slash is very um, from fanfiction. And I... We've talked about the history of it before. And then Femme Slash comes from that. And I actually read a really fascinating, like, 1993... What were those called? Bulletin board, you know, those, like, online bulletin board spaces. But anyway, it was, like, a little short thing where someone was saying she was making the point that uh, people who were so supportive of Slash weren't supportive of Femme Slash. Um, And it was really fascinating because she was like, I can see you only support this one type of thing and not this other thing. Like, that really upsets you, but this doesn't. It was cool. It was cool. Um, That's interesting. (laughs) I don't know. Like, again, I'm not a part of this, but I'm very into the K-drama world and and in that same scope. They really love the BL, which we've talked about in the K-drama episodes or any typically any Asian episodes, which is like, <laughs> the title is, it's not what it sounds like, because in the U.S. we're like, what is that? Boy love, but essentially like men, two men together. And that's kind of the entire, it's a whole genre. And they, there's so much of that, way more than there's about two women, which I thought was odd. And But again, the people who are eating up this content are typically women. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, you can see our fan fiction episode for that. I think I also did one on specifically on Slash. Um, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of theories why that is. There's actually like research papers and books about why that is. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. It that is. That it carries over, just in, for like romances especially. Mm-hmm. I did find many articles that reported how queer fan fiction helps people come out, realize they were queer. And so this is a big part of like when you start shipping and you're like, oh, this is queer relationship. Why am I shipping this? And then people will be like, wait a minute. <laughs> Let me think about this a bit more. <laughs> Which, speaking of, yeah, uh, while this term is relatively recent, it was first used in 1993 in regards to Exiles fandom, which was my 
oh, maybe I'm queer <laughs> moment. Um, people have been doing this forever. Uh, I found really fun examples from like Jane Austen, like Sherlock Holmes way back. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. really fascinating. However, the internet and social media really allowed for these ship communities to grow, for people to find each other. But it also allowed for bad behavior to be amplified and it has led to a lot of internet abuse. And interestingly, (laughs) in the early days, shipping was mocked and looked down upon. Sometimes it was even viewed as you saying like something that you're all enjoying is not perfect, heaven forbid. Um, Like you're not a real fan because you're like wanting more. Uh, maybe you're being weird. Uh, and people who shipped would get email attacks or harassed. But now it's definitely gone mainstream. And with that, we have seen a lot of issues. And it's just funny to me looking back at this where I'm like, now it's just you don't ship who I want you to ship. <laughs> that gets the, you the, the attacks and the harassment. But back then, apparently, people who shipped were getting that. <laughs> Strange. You've um, come a long way, baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we have, Samantha. <laughs> um, but that brings us to shipping wars, which is one of the biggest issues. Um, <laughs> it's so literal. I'm like, U- UPS and FedEx? Shipping wars? <laughs> we should have had you do, like, your version of what you thought this was. <laughs> what this was. And compared it. <laughs> it would have been great. Oh, I'm so old. Keep going, um, So, from Teen Vogue, and where there's shipping, there are ship wars, aggressive in-community beefs between fandom factions that focus on different ships in the same piece of media or fandom. Ship wars have a rich history of stirring up heightened emotion. Back when Buffy the Vampire Slayer dominated online fandom, one of the biggest ship wars in fandom history revolved around Buffy's relationships with two of the hottest and most toxic vampires this side of the Vampire Diaries extended universe, Spike and Angel. Yes, more on that in a second. Oh my gosh. Um, I did see Final Fantasy VII. I've talked about it on here before. But the whole thing in that game was based on decisions you made you would end up with one of like four people, but really two people, um, Tifa and Aerith. And people would pick sides. Like, obviously he should have gone with Aerith. Obviously he should have gone with Tifa. And that was kind of programmed into the game. That was like, there was this whole thing where Aerith died. Spoilers, but this, that game's really old. <laughs> and it, it, it would, there was this belief if you were nicer to her, if you did all these things, if you were in a romantic relationship, she would live, which she wouldn't. Um, but <laughs> there was a belief that she would. Um, so people really pick sides. Another big one is Team Edward versus Team Jacob from of Twilight. Course. Of course. Yes. And then I totally forgot about this. But when I read about it, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. The Harmony Wars. The Harmonians. People were so pissed, Samantha. Oh, my gosh. Uh, There was a whole live journal about killing off Ron Weasley in as many ways as possible. Because essentially, this was people who thought Harry and Hermione should be together. Right. Uh, I mean, people really hated on Jenny. Yes. Really hated on Jenny. (laughs) Oh, yes. Um, Poor actress. Yes. uh, So... This was before a lot of this was happening as people were going online more. Harry Potter is still one of the biggest fan communities, fan fiction communities that exist. And there was this big break between the Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix. And before that, like 
So no one knew what, who was going to end up with right. whom. Um, and, but people had all this time to speculate. So there was the the Harmonians. Uh, the I think it was called the USS Harmonian. So it's like a ship. Anyway, um, so they were like really adamant that this was how it was going to go. And then J.K. Rowling said in an interview, oh, no, it's definitely not that. And one of the interviewers said Harmonians were delusional. And there was kind of laughter and all the stuff. Uh, J.K. Rowling backtracked about it. Uh, she didn't attach herself uh, to the word delusional, but was also kind of like, yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> she did say she thought she had dropped these huge hints and that it was obvious uh, who was going to end up with whom. Um, from Claire McBride over at Sci-Fi Wire, but even early on, the tension between these two factions ran hot. Sugar Quill, one of the first Harry Potter-specific fic archives, refused to accept Harry Hermione fanfiction on the grounds that it was not canon-compliant. Interestingly, they accepted Remus Sirius fic as canon-compliant because you know it was, um, which may have contributed to the opening of Fiction Alley, which pointedly accepted all ships. Ship-specific fan sites and communities became the norm, allowing the factions to more or less peaceably coexist, although the occasional battles still happened. Up until this point, they trusted that they were correctly reading Rowling's larger plan and that they were the only ones doing so. They were heavily invested in not only the veracity of their ship, but the morality of it, valuing a relationship built on friendship over what they saw as a relationship built on conflict, among many other values they assigned to their ship. Because they'd invested so heavily in this one ship, to the detriment of making wider connections in fandom and developing a diverse interest in the series, Rowling's revelation threatened to invalidate not only their ship, but their fandom. So they turned their ire on her. Harmonians began to openly insult Rowling, calling into question her talent as a writer, denigrating her for being divorced, and even insulting her personal appearance. One post even indulges in some pearl-clutching, wondering if the moral of Ron slash Hermione is really one she wants to pass down to her daughters. The ship meant more to them than the fandom did. This is the moment that birthed zero-sum shipping, a kind of blind gamemanship that only values a ship for whether or not it wins, not whether or not it is enjoyable. And of note, this was pre-Twitter, so this could have been a lot worse. Um, <laughs> the battle. Yeah, but it was funny because my mom had an opinion on this. She don't, she obviously wasn't like Duke Ness, but she, right. she thought it should have been Harry and Hermione. And I remember being like, oh... <laughs> I don't know if I ever had an opinion on it, but it was like, yeah, it doesn't make as much sense. But I get it. Like, the side characters, he has his own trauma. He doesn't really need... I think that was the part. It's like, he doesn't need a romance right now. He's got too much on his plate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my mom was very... It was She was very blase about it. But it was just funny because, like, normally she wouldn't even care, have a thought about it. But she did say that. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Um. <laughs> opinion. Yeah, but that kind of that morality that that writer mentioned is a key point of this because there's this whole idea of like, my ship is better than yours. Um, yeah, right. Because as I said, ships are not new. They've been around since we've been telling stories and could have opinions, um, but they have evolved. It used to be and still is largely, I would say, a fun thing. Uh, there are plenty, plenty, the majority of people who can ship 
without being absolutely awful. But it's gotten way more intense as we we are all online. And now when someone believes they found the OTP, the one true pairing, uh, they think they are right. You are wrong. And it gets heated and outright hateful. Jamie described it as almost a religion. A part of this is that you've interpreted the media in question correctly. That there is just one right way, one correct pairing. And if that's not, if they don't agree with someone, then they will shame people, harass people, shun people, dox people, swap people, even threaten creators. How old are the ranges for people who, like, are active on those kind of boards? <sighs> I mean, I think it depends on the specific site. Because I know, we've talked about this before, the fan fiction is, like, my forte, so that's what I know off the right. top of my head. But, like, Wattpad is for younger folks. Uh, there's another one that um, more younger people use. And then AO3 and fanfic.net are, like, older folks. And by that, I mean, I don't know, like my age. <laughs> like, what's older mean? <laughs> I mean, it can go, it's, I think they're much more like, I would say, 25 to 40, which is okay. pretty much. I think there's more outliers on that than there are on Wattpad. I could be wrong, which I feel is much younger. Right. I just wondered, because, you know, A, that's a lot of time and effort to go after and debate with people. And I know some people do that, like, d does it for any and all subjects, but I find that interesting for uh, fictional characters, mm -hmm. uh, that level of love and passion. Like, you have to have some time and dedication for that. That's kind of part of the issue. It doesn't have to be an issue, but part of it is if it becomes, like, it consumes right. all of your time and someone's telling you, in your mind, you're wrong... But you've spent all this time on it. You've like looked for all the the clues. You've yes. like done all of this digging and research, and and so it's like you don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I've seen you watch Star Wars, and you telling me th your theories, and me just going really, and you go, wait, no, but this evidence. Well, see, the funny thing is, I'm a multi shipper, which is yes, I have a lot of ships, and so I can be like. I can take evidence and make my case for one couple. And then that same evidence, I'll be like, disregard this couple, though. So, which I think is a good way to be. The many times I heard, do you see that stare? Do you see that look? Don't know. No, you can't tell me. People have written it about that look. They know what look it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. People know. <laughs> I'm sure. I can I can picture I picture it the moment you say it. I know what scene I'm talking about because you've done it every time. Yep. <laughs> every time. Yep. Oh yeah. What a <laughs> the look. dedication to that. I'm like, oh yeah, sure. That's a look. <laughs> it is. It's a look. <laughs> that but that's what it is. And that's like the fun part of it. Like when you can just be like, <gasps> Yes. And then you don't mind if someone doesn't agree with you. <laughs> oh, like, there was no disagreement. I was just the nod. You get the mm -hmm, nod from me. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, no, don't derail <laughs> me because now I just want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I have had the more side than one... look that you're having with like contemplating. Do I go down this road? I've had more than one friend say, I didn't see it before, but now I see it. I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, okay. But <laughs> speaking of, 
um, from that same article from Sci-Fi. What was once the love of two characters dynamic has become, to a small but outspoken subsection of fans, a zero-sum game. How did we get from, God, I love seeing these two together, to these two need to be together, so help me God. And this uh, this quote is going back to that Teen Vogue article, um, which I really recommend. I've been a part of several ship wars, never an active participant, really just a member of ships that are fought over. And I think it all comes down to wanting to feel right. Fandom, especially fanfic, is all about participating in and taking ownership of the material. Colleen, a pop culture nerd and scholar who made it through the Voltron fandom, shares with Teen Vogue. Ship wars are caused by people wanting their ship to be the number one correct ship, the only one. And even if it's not canon, it's the one. So you see things like Katong versus Zutara, uh, where on the one hand, you have people arguing their ship is better because it's canon and it's sweet. And on the other hand, arguing for tension and character development. In that case, it's a matter of preference and power. Each ship slash fandom wants to be in charge. Yes, I think that's really interesting because we are going to discuss this more, but that whole like you go to fan fiction because you can't find the relationship you want in canon or maybe they don't do it. And then what happens when it does become canon? But essentially what most of what I read is it comes down to this is the quote unquote healthier relationship versus the quote unquote unhealthier relationship. Hmm. Uh, which is a fruit, uh, you know, debate. But uh, yes, creators and celebrities get this abuse too. Uh, even extending to real life relationships of celebrities. That's something we've talked about before. Some creators have been blackmailed in an attempt to force a ship and make it canon. Some have been forced off social media. And it gets nasty. Like people will tear people up who support the opposing ship. Um they will claim that theirs is the least problematic ship while pointing out the problematic parts of the opposing ships and people who ship them. Like it becomes like, well, if you like this ship, then that means you're messed up in this way. Um, you're a Puritan slash goody two shoes or you're actually a criminal. Then there is the, the hate that is heaped onto the characters, as you mentioned with Jenny Weasley. Um, perhaps, yeah, usually the canon ship. Uh, often a woman uh, who ruined your ship and the person who created them or played them. Um, people who did ship uh, with these toxic fans. So if you're like shipping a, a ship and then all these toxic fans come in, sometimes you get forced out of that ship because you're like, well, right, you ruined it. <laughs> um, sometimes... The creators make it worse uh, with their comments, making fun of a ship or being queer baity. Uh, often, they have no idea how much fandom is behind a ship, I would say. Not always, but I feel like a lot of the examples I wrote, I was like, oof, <laughs> why did you say that? Um, which is a points to an interesting disconnect between creators and their fans. MCU story editor Matthew Chauncey, who's responsible for the What If Zombie episode, which is that, like, Marvel kind of alternate realities uh, animated series, reportedly wanted zombie Captain America uh, to bite off Sharon's lips and spit them out because, quote, no one likes her. Actually, he belongs to Peggy. Um, which he might have been joking. Maybe not. But it does fuel these fights and this hate. 
Perhaps he did it intentionally. Perhaps he didn't. I don't know. My only problem with that whole storyline was, wait, couldn't he be her grandfather now? <laughs> or great uncle now or something? This uh-huh. whole like timeline thing. I'm like, this yeah. doesn't this doesn't bode well. I will say I don't <laughs> think the MCU has done a romance very well yet. <laughs> um, I know some people disagree with me, but I don't think so. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good one. I think a lot of people would say, um, like, WandaVision, but I actually don't think so. Uh, they weren't together. And then she fell in love with a make-believe thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that was my biggest hang-up with that show, is, is I was like, I just don't buy your relationship, because you just suddenly told me you were dating, and then he died. <laughs> and it felt so forced anyway from the beginning. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. oh, am I going to get hate for that? It did. <laughs> it did. But almost all the relationships in the MCU felt very forced. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. We're going to get this. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. 
Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, there are even conspiracy theories that for one reason or another, something is canon, but the creators cannot admit it. Like, it is canon. They just can't say it's canon. I've seen that one a lot. And this used to be a big thing in fan fiction, which is kind of, a lot of people brought up, it's kind of gone by the wayside. But it used to be like, oh, there was a certain tag for it. But it was like, you know, uh, we're playing in our sandbox, whatever they do, that's their thing that we're playing in our sandbox. Whereas now it's become, it's crossed the line into, oh, let's yell at them online. But it used to be much more like, nope, that's, that's the powers that be. That's what it was. The powers that be. You, you, that's what they've decided and that's how it is, but I'm going to play in this sandbox. Mm. But now it's become like, it has to be canon. Mm-hmm. Um, which is part of this issue. Uh, <laughs> also, yes, we have talked about celebrity shipping, which is essentially, yeah, you're just two real people or more than two real people again. Uh, that usually, like the unhealthy side of that is definitely that it has real world impacts, that it impacts usually like the celebrity's new partner again is often a woman. Um, and this has resulted in People being forced off social media, celebrities having to release statements, asking for people to essentially not harass their partner or their ex, like, (laughs) posts about mental health and all of this. So that's definitely, definitely an issue. And then, as Jamie said in the original suggestion for this, there are some ships that are truly problematic. And from... What I've read, as as mentioned, a lot of ship wars do boil down to should person A, who is torn between two people, go with the bad boy type or the good guy type? Um, and this is not, it doesn't mean that the good guy is without problems, but I found out this is known as cinnamon roll ships versus trash ships. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> trash ships, huh? Trash ships. So from, here's a quote about that from Vox. For instance, a ship like Kylux, Kylo Ren, and the minor character Hux in The Force Awakens might be labeled a trash ship because it's seen as a representation of fandom's heavily white status quo, your average ubiquitous white dude slash pairing, and a ship like Ichabody, <laughs> that's a fun name too, Ichabod Crane slash Abby Mills on Sleepy Hollow might be seen as a cinnamon roll ship, both because of the pureness of their love and because one of its members is a woman of color. Again, this is this being fandom, these issues are very layered, controversial, and complicated. So essentially, a trash ship is like a, a ship you ship, even though you know it's bad. Uh, you know it's problematic. You know it's toxic. So would be the would this be the uh, Buffy and yes, what's his oh. name? Oh yes, Buffy and Spike. Yes. Oh. Yes, I'm going to talk about that more in a second. I'm so excited you brought that up. But yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I did see some recent articles about multi shippers who ship toxic, problematic ships, and healthy, wholesome ones. And they were saying, like, it's not, 
mutually exclusive sometimes. You're all it just happens. Place. Sometimes it just happens. It really does. I, I <laughs> ship people. I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> I never would have guessed. Um, <laughs> but there are also shippers for abusive relationships, for non-consensual slash manipulative controlling relationships, underage relationships with massive age differences, incest, which is kind of complicated. Uh, in terms of fanfic, because oh yeah, I don't really i I don't read it, but I think a lot of times there's an understanding that we all know they aren't actually related. Plus things like Game of Thrones, like I don't know, because that's the thing about supernaturals, the brothers, and everybody's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Wincest, yep. <laughs> um, mm, oh, one day I'll come back to that, and I'll also come <laughs> back to. ABO, which I've talked about before. We talked about it in our Dubcom episode. That stands for Alpha, Beta, Omega. And it's kind of like a secondary gender, political, biological uh, type of uh, writing and relationship. And those are often very toxic. But they also are interesting in how they explore gender politics. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about that as well, but we won't go into them now because uh, <laughs> that would be a whole episode. But there's a lot of shipping in, in that realm that's pretty, pretty problematic. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> as mentioned earlier, wrong shipping. <laughs> I'm just laughing about so many things right now. <laughs> yes. Uh, so back to that fan lore wiki article. When a fan ships two characters who really shouldn't be together, they are wrong shipping. Wrong shipping isn't a judgment made about a fan's shipping preferences, but the recognition that the characters in question would be a hot mess together. Wrong shipping can also be used when the fan is in support of a pairing other than the canon OTP. So this is sort of like, yeah, they won't. It's not so, going to be good. <laughs> gotcha. So I'm going to assume from now on, I'm on, I'm not on this. <laughs> which I assumed from the beginning, which you were like, you got some parts. I was like, why? <laughs> well, I put them in and then I was just like, well. Because <laughs> I like me saying that would be so out of context because I have no idea what I, why I'm saying this. <laughs> I got it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just going to go with that. So I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what that just happened. That's, that's what it's like when you get in the world of shipping, Samantha. Oh. You get lost lost in the shipping. And then, related, at the top I mentioned, like, antis, right. uh, non-romos, no-romos. Um, <laughs> actually, this is sort of different. Because um, there's a difference between people who don't want any ship. Like, maybe they just don't want romance. Versus people who actively don't want a certain ship. And they have gotten in on this toxicity, too. And I found this quote from Geek Dad. (laughs) The most aggressive of the bunch is a new subset of shippers collectively known as antis from the practice of tagging things anti-ship name on social media. It's a term these toxic members of fandom wear proudly, despite its association with combative behavior. Antis appear to be a response to, among other factors, changes in how fans interact online. As fans move from sites like LiveJournal, where content was opt-in, to Tumblr, where content is opt-out, the method in which fans consumed content changed. 
thanks to antis, the old adage of early fandom, don't like, don't read. Yep. <laughs> or the idea that consumers are responsible for avoiding content they don't like has been replaced with discourse, death threats, and violence. Discussions shifted from I don't like this to no one should like this. This often involves moral arguments. It's sort of devolved into I can morally prove you're a terrible person for this ship to destroy it. I thought that was so interesting because we've talked before. I love the history of how those technologies impact right. our our discourse. And in and, and this case, I didn't know that. Um, that's really cool. I mean, not cool, but like, I'm glad to know it. Uh, you can, on AO3, you can be like, I don't want this ship to show up, but it doesn't like populate. Like how Tumblr, it would be like, you find all of this stuff that's like, I hate this ship. It's more like, then that ship just won't show up. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. The quote goes on, anti-arguments may shift over time, but the critical thing to note is, one, competing popular pairings, pairings that share characters with the anti-favored pairing are always problematic. And two, the anti-preferred pairing is never problematic. If you take nothing else from this article, please take this. All this outrage isn't about protecting children or about morality or about critiquing media. It's about people wanting their favorite characters to kiss. (laughs) It's true. <laughs> it's so true, though, because it is. It gets real nasty. The things people say about like why your ship is awful, um, but really, it does come down to you probably just want these these people to kiss. <laughs> kind of reminds me of the Thirty Rock episode, in which uh, the daughter of the owner of the company just really likes soap operas. Uh-huh. And she's because the ship there was a whole ship with yeah. um, Tina's face character and uh, Alec Baldwin's character. Again, yeah. I don't remember the characters' names. Um, <laughs> any of their character them doing, and so like they played up going kiss, 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 and they're like, nope, can't do this because they try to do. But like we know there actually was a shipping for the two yeah. of them to be together for a while, which is odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it, it's funny one of the stories I'm reading right now. Uh, the author left a, you can read the notes at the end, and they just wrote, make it like smashing their faces together like two Barbies. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, essentially. <laughs> um, That's funny. Um, the quote continues, Despite all of this negativity, I believe fandom is an incredibly positive thing. I'm gay, and the first time I ever saw a gay character in a story was in fanfiction. Fanfiction gave me stories about people like me when I couldn't find them anywhere else. That is the power of transformative media like fanfic and fan art. In a world where so many people don't get to see themselves on TV, fandom can offer them a place where they can be the hero of the story they know and love. Fandom enables anyone to create with an established world— It enables writers to create stories that go beyond the canon media and gives artists the power to explore new scenes and what-ifs. There are thousands of people right now creating this content for free simply because they enjoy it. Um, And I do think that's... I always try to make this point because there's... Critiquing media is healthy. Um, We all like problematic things. But there's a way to do that healthily. There's a way to do that without threatening people (laughs) or yelling at people or harassing people. And... It's funny to me the, the the ways technology like this all started as sort of a attempt to better control content searches on Tumblr. So when they were like, you can put in this 
anti whatever tag. It was they were trying to clamp down on like bad <laughs> behavior, honestly. But then it led to this. So it's that's just interesting to me. And also back to what you were saying, when it becomes a part of your identity, um, and then that it becomes so personal and it just you can't see anything else. Like this is it has to be this way because it's so important to me. Another thing that Jamie brought up was this sort of forcing of romance or this prioritizing of romance. And I talked about this recently because, yes, I have been posting fan fiction. And what's, what's the name is... again? <laughs> <laughs> Never. Um, <laughs> but there is this, I, I found myself writing romance and I actually, it's like really sweet romance, which I think makes sense. It's much more like a holding hands type of romance than anything else. But, but it, I did get in my head about like, it just feels so much of what I read that romance, romantic love is seen as more powerful love, like the most powerful love as compared to, to friendship. And so it can be strange when you're reading all of the stuff like that, you're writing stuff like that, and you're asexual. <laughs> and, you know, like, I have found, especially within the past couple of years, a lot more uh, depictions of asexual characters and even asexual romances where, you know, they, they have the talk and they're like, yeah, I just like kissing, but nothing more. And they're like, okay, cool. Um, and I have seen more non-sexual relationships but a lot of times that's what it is like a, a good amount of times like maybe not the whole thing uh, but it's in there somewhere and as we've discussed before there's also that strange tightrope of of for so long women have been shamed for wanting sex and so I'm like embrace it embrace it but also at the same time like it doesn't have to be that for everybody mm-hmm. so it's sort of strange there um and I've also been thinking about this too of the this understanding that everyone sees romance the same way or they must all want it, which isn't true. And I think that comes up a lot of times in shipping wars because if you're finding like your evidence, uh, not everybody sees that evidence the same way. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. even if like you don't agree, right? But like some people might see something as romantic and other people might see it as like not romantic at all. Yeah. So there's that that difference too. And I do think this is tricky because I've heard before this argument, why can't they just be friends, especially between two men who have just a close relationship? Why does it have to be romantic? And I think that it speaks to a couple of things. The fact that we put men in a box where they can't be emotionally vulnerable with other men or physically affectionate. So that's like, look at how they're being so emotionally vulnerable. They must be in love. And the fact that women are always the romantic interest in so much of media. Uh, and the fact that we don't have enough queer storylines in mainstream media, especially front and center. So it's sort of like, as we say so often, we just need more representative, diverse stories. So we're not always like, I'm so desperate for this queer story, though. Can't it be them? But also have platonic relationships. <laughs> uh, and then 
There's been arguments about fetishizing homosexuality in that way, too, uh, which is certainly, certainly a part of it. Uh, And then, this is sort of a separate issue, but I wanted to mention it. Uh, When the media reports on this, especially fan fiction, they find the most bizarre fan fiction. I... I'm almost always like, I think you might actually read fan fiction because you have plumbed the depths. You found something. You found something. And I read a lot. And I (laughs) have never seen this. And (laughs) either make fun of it, force celebrities to read it, or frame it as this like depravity of young girls and make an argument about why we need to censor things. So that, a lot of times, the shipping wars and gets in the news and they're reading fan fiction and it's like the wildest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I've read some stuff. (laughs) Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in in a different aspect of my life now. 
So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and this was about a specific incident where it was at a convention and a fan, it is a supernatural convention, I think, the fan got up to ask about, I don't know, but everyone thought they were going to ask about shipping. No. It wasn't that. They later found this fan and it wasn't that. Um, but that's what everyone thought. And they got removed by security. <gasps> Even before they could ask the question? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. And so here's a quote from Hyperbole about that. What is so horrible about slash shipping and asking the actors about it? Why should asking Ackles about whether Dean might possibly have feelings for Castiel be more taboo than asking him about Dean slash Lisa, whether he thinks Dean should die at the end of the series or what his favorite moment filming season eight was? For those who claim that they've been asked about slash shipping a million times and that it just makes everyone uncomfortable, this might be the case, sure, but these guys do like 20 conventions a year. Do you really think that there's one single question which you could possibly ask them, which they haven't had to answer at least a dozen times before? The difference seems to be that some fans believe it is harassment to force the actors to confront the possibility that their characters might be homosexual. So singling out slash shipping or shipping in general, when there is so much more that might be awkward for the actors to be confronted with, that is problematic. Whether you're an actor, a creator, or a fan, I have to question the logic that slash shipping is cool as long as we don't talk about it. Don't ask, don't tell. Really, fandom? Which was a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I do hate going to these like, Q&A things because it's always like, what are they going to ask? But it's true. They've heard these questions like a million times. Right. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> yeah, but there's not like an original question. I went and saw one actor once and he just was like... I'm not going to do the Q&A because I hear the same questions all the time. And he just went down a list of questions and answered them. <laughs> I was like, yeah, probably you would know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then from Vox, here's a quote. Conflating shifts that involve underrepresented identities with the desire for inclusion gets especially dicey when it leads fans to prioritize support for their ship over other intersectional concerns. For example, in Teen Wolf fandom, fans of the Steric ship, Derek slash Styles, have frequently accused the show of queerbaiting or exploiting their specific queer male pairing without any intention of following through on it, even though the show's creator, Jeff Davis, is a gay man who has already inserted several queer relationships in the show's storylines, and even though Steric, as it currently exists in canon, is a physically abusive relationship. The prioritization of a ship at the expense of another intersectionality concerns is also present on The 100, which earlier this year featured a queer canonical relationship between main character Clark and the warrior queen Lexa, a.k.a. Clexa. Clexa fans have been so focused on advocating for Clexa, even after the ship effectively ended with Lexa's untimely death, that they've come under fire for ignoring the many elements of the show that some feels are racist and problematic. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a that's a really good point as well because when you when you're just attacking people who don't like your ship and you're not <laughs> thinking of anything else, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. Um, yeah, yeah. As sort of a wrap up here, I did mention I was going to say my thoughts. Uh, so I 
I do ship, even though I am an ace, uh, ace person. Um, but a lot of times I ship. I found a really fun article about the fun of shipping no one, someone who's never going to end up together. <laughs> it's kind of nice. You're kind of like, you find your little niche fandom of all of your, your like online friends who you'll never meet or talk to. But you're kind <laughs> of like, we're the ones that like the ship that we know is never going to be canon. We never once thought it would be. <laughs> like It's just no chance of it. And I think there has been a couple of things I've shipped where people have gotten upset. And they're like, I can't believe I thought they would end up together. And sometimes I'm honestly so surprised. I'm like, you really... I never actually thought this was going to happen, but you did, eh? And I get it. I feel bad. I, It does suck when you're like, oh, that didn't go how I wanted it to go. But also, as we've been talking about, sometimes fans do regret when their ship happens, like with Buffy and Spike. And, you know, like attempted rape um, <laughs> that happened in their relationship. Ew. And sometimes the ship happens and they break up or they're killed off. Like, it's not like if your ship does become canon everything's going to be the the best thing and the happiest thing and i think like going back to like not trusting the creators i just have been hurt so hard it's not that i don't trust them but i'm like Yo, i'm gonna be much happier if i just do this in my own world and it doesn't become canon right <laughs> like, i don't need <laughs> your your drama and your studios influencing this i just will go over here <laughs> And be let be. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's not about that either. It's about what fans believe they should have gotten. Uh, canon romances are often looked down upon. Uh, and there are people who feel like me and maybe want a ship to happen, but ultimately don't want the entertainment in question to really change. So, like, you don't want it to become rom-com suddenly like mm -hmm. <laughs> but you kind of don't want the relationship to happen but you have fun imagining it and sharing it uh with others and yes it can be lonely to ship someone barely anyone else does but it can be very fun it can be very fun here's another quote from teen vogue shipping oriented fandom is all about transformation for many shippers the pairings we put together in fandom or that come together in a series or on a gossip site are the first time many of us get to see ourselves and relationships that echo the ones we have, whether it's a queer ships as a gateway to understanding your own identity or fans of color highlighting ships that center characters of color. The goal of shipping has been to fill gaps and provide room for fans to play with emotional connections. Uh, from Vox, for fans feeling fatigue over an embattled struggle to make a ship canon and the crushing disappointment of setbacks or failure, it might help to remember that ships don't have to be canon in order to be transformative and meaningful on both a personal and cultural level. Look at Star Trek's Kirk slash Spock. Spurk. That ship never became canon, but it remains one of the most compelling ships ever created. And within canon, it gave us one of pop culture's most enduring symbols of love. Their hands touching through the glass. Henry Jenkins famously <laughs> said that queer fan fiction is what happens when you take away the glass. And sure, it's increasingly possible that savvy creators might go ahead and take away the glass for us. But that doesn't negate the power of fans being able to do it on their own without anyone's help. I love that. It's so funny. It's so true. That's <laughs> it. You look for the clues. Their hands touching through the glass. And then <laughs> you take away the glass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're having a moment here. 
I am. I am. And then to close out, I have this thing I found from Morse Sand on Tumblr. And this was a while back. Uh, I found like all of this old archive, like fanish stuff of like 1993 when I was researching this. Um, very cool. I don't know when it happened, but somewhere along the way, shipping got a new meaning for younger folk that seems to translate to, I want these people together for real ASAP. I think the media had something to do with it. But guys, guys, shipping absolutely does not mean demanding anything from people slash creators. Shipping isn't about expecting and waiting for the day it will certainly happen. It is not a direct translation to happen or die. Shipping means you like the idea of two or more people together. You like the concepts. You find it fun to imagine the dynamics. You even create fan and content of it. Fic, art, edits. It's all in your head and it's fine that way. Is it nice to have a ship become canon? Oh my god, yes. But that's not what shipping is about. And y'all need to take a step back and breathe because being a jerk to people ain't going to change their mind about ships. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I just want to say to people, and you know who you are, uh, who have watched Good Omens and you're happy, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Vague. I told you I didn't want to spoil it, but... Mm. <laughs> okay. Yes. I, um, I, I mean, like all things we talk about, uh, there's obviously really bad behavior, but there's really good behavior too, and a lot of it is that. And... Uh, and it can be so fun and so beautiful. And I love that too of like the idea just because it doesn't become canon doesn't mean it can't be transformative. So yes, <laughs> our shipping episode. <laughs> I like towards the end, you're just went going faster and faster trying to make it. Yeah. Yeah. I also will say I wrote uh, an essay about this for Jamie uh, that you can find um, about my thoughts about shipping. But that's what I have to say for now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so thank you, Jamie, for the suggestion. And uh, yeah, if you would like to contact us, if you have any thoughts about this, I'm sure that you do. Uh, you can email us at stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff One Never Told You. We have a tea Public store. Um, we also have a book that you can order. Uh, it is available at stuffyoushouldreadbooks.com. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. I was going to say something about ship, but it wasn't going to be right, so thank you. <laughs> and thanks to you for listening. Stefan never told you his production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., 
And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 